And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast with Davey Urspin and Mickey Brennan. Davey, an action-packed weekend of cup finals and uh, relegation playoffs and final round games and junior championship round three that were postponed and we had some uh, prelim quarterfinals as well, so loads of football over the weekend. A fantastic weekend of football, Mickey, from Friday night to Sunday evening, you know, absolutely brilliant across the, the cup finals. You had the relegation playoff, you had the last round of the group in junior, and you had two absolutely brilliant and thoroughly entertaining preliminary uh, intermediate quarterfinals as well. Yeah, and we did a lot of these games, uh, uh, we did live commentaries on them on Twitter and on Mixalore. And um, just for any listeners out there, just keep an eye on our social media accounts. Uh, anywhere we can, we will be doing more of these um uh, commentaries on games coming up. Obviously, if you if, if, if they're not being broadcast on MeGA TV or if they're not being broadcast on the radio or anything like that, we will try to get to them and uh, bring you live commentary from these games. It is going into the knockout stages now and it will be very exciting. Davey, you, I'm surprised you're not horse. You were commentating on that many games on your own this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I was towards the end of the Dundry and Beliver game on Sunday evening, Mickey, because it got exciting towards the end and... Uh, you know, all good, all good. Great to be able to give it to people, I suppose, free of charge as well and a service for people either, you know, abroad or maybe who can't get to games or are away or whatever it is. And we enjoy doing it as well. It just makes our job a little bit more enjoyable too. Yeah, it was uh, on Sunday evening when you were doing the Dundry game, I was in Navin doing Simonstown Fresh Cup final. And, um, you know, it's uh, you're saying a bit exciting finish to yours. We had a really exciting first half in our game, and I was doing a lot of roaring and shouting. And then the second half may have calmed down a little bit more when the game seemed to be dead and buried. But uh, we'll come to that in a few moments' time. On this show, we've got lots to get through. We've got a full results roundup from the weekend, as we said. Cups, prelim quarterfinals, junior uh, uh, championship final round games and relegation playoffs and everything. We have results from the ladies' championship, the ladies' club championship, um, that was played over the weekend. And, of course... Uh, we'll be bringing you our lotto and our Instagram interactive again. Just to let you know, we will have loads on our um, Patreon podcasts this week. It is our Loyal Royals podcast over on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. Um, we will be bringing you the Blackwater Inn Team of the Week, Player of the Week, and of course, the Top Scorer of the Week later in the week. Um, and again, thanks to Patricia and uh, George over there in the Blackwater Inn in Kells for sponsoring that. We will have interviews and reviews and reaction from all of the games that we're at over the weekend. We've interviews from in the junior 
We have Mark Allen and Key McBride from St. Dalton's. From Minalti, we have Tony Carney. In the intermediate quarterfinal uh, prelims, we have Martin O'Connell, Sam McCabe. We have Hugh Durrigan. Dur- um, we have Jack Byrne, uh, Ryan Hand and Jerry Chute. Then from the Fresh Cup final, we have Sean Tobin and Colin O'Rourke. From the Cornabonia final, we have Kevin Riley, Mike Cullen and Kieran um, Caulfield. And then from the prelim quarterfinal, uh, we have from Dundry, Kevin Barry, the manager, Liam Dempsey and Sean Brennan. Davey, I'm tired just naming all that out, so I am. But again, that is on our uh, Patreon podcast, forward slash we are me. Um, it is the Loyal Royal Service. But uh, yeah, like, God, people will be... The, the one good thing about the podcast this week, Davey, on, on the Patreon is that there will be very little of us talking because we're going to let the players do all the talking. It'll be a nice short night for us, Mickey. <laughs> Instead of us talking for, for Youngs, trying to trying to fill the blanks, we've got, I think you said 17 interviews, is it? Um, 17 people interviewed yeah. um, across the board. So yeah, no, it's all in there and it's great content. So get across. It's an absolute steal. I, I know I would say that, but it is incredible value. We're always saying that. And I think if you ask... The, the patrons out there who are a part of our Loyal Rides podcast already they would agree with you yeah absolutely and again without the patrons we wouldn't be able to bring all these services to you and we wouldn't be able to support all the um, uh, club lottos across the county like we do um, but again we'll be coming to the club lottos later in the show so Jamie we're going to kick it off we're going to go through the results from the weekend we're going to start with the Junior Championship Group C um, round three games that needed to be played of course these were called off from a couple of weeks ago there was a lot of things that could have happened here Davey um, depending on the margins of wins and whatever but the first game went, went to um, script it was St. Dalton's 3-18 slain one goal and eight now huge victory we didn't think we, we thought that St. Dalton's win that but we weren't sure by what kind of a margin they absolutely hammered them it was 2-10 it was a 16 win 16 point win in the end and then in the other game, we were t- looking at it going, well, Dunsany would probably more than likely win this game, Davey. Mm-hmm. And it'll come down to score difference. Who's going to get that final place to go into a quarterfinal um, uh, playoff? And Wijnaldi actually just ripped up the script and beat Dunsany two goals and five to one goal and seven. Davey, you were at both of these games. They were both in Dungany on Friday night at the same time. So you were able to keep an eye on both games. Yeah, I suppose I started with commentary in the St. Ultons and Slane game and it was my full intention to stay in that game. But unfortunately, my battery uh, died in just entering the third quarter of that game. The game was in the bag and it was actually a bit of a blessing in disguise because I got across towards the last 15 minutes or so of the um, Minolti and uh, Dunsany game, which was an incredible game and much closer than the game that was taken on, taken part alongside it. Um, as it turned out, it was fairly straightforward in the end. So what happened at the start of the night, we knew that Dunsany couldn't be headed at the top of the group. So they were yeah. safe in, in first position. But then it was going to be two from three, to one to get straight to a quarterfinal and the other to get into a preliminary quarterfinal. So Slane actually were in pole position to finish third at the start of the night. They had minus 10 of a score difference to Minolti's minus 15. So they had five points of a buffer on Minolti going into the game. Um, but that was not really worth the flying you-know-what because after 10 minutes, they trailed by 1-4 to a point against Ultons. Ultons started extremely well. Ultons started like a team that knew they, if they won, they were guaranteed second spot in the group. That They knew exactly 
how straightforward their um their job was really on the night. And they started with that sort of impetus. You know, Mark Allen got a couple of quick fire points in the first minute of the game. Um, and then Dara Riley got a goal from the midfield. He was outstanding on the night. To be fair to Slane, they were depleted, they were missing the likes of Owen Gibbs, um, Podge McGowan and, and a couple of other players. They did briefly rally after the water break and they got a goal through. Um, through Matthew Tully it was a really well worked goal Aina Mooney was influential kept winning ball in midfield kept giving them a bit of an outlet and they did get the scoreline back to at that stage it was 1-7 to a point but they got it back to 1-8 to 1-3 so they reduced the deficit down to 5 but Alton's kicked again and um, they had scores from, from a whole host of different players looking at it on the night Mark Allen managed the goal at 3 in the night and um, Dar Riley hit a couple of goals. He was outstanding in the midfield. And there was a couple of other players that contributed. And in the other game, it was much more of an attritional game, Mickey. There wasn't a whole pile in terms of quality. The weather changed. But there was a physical edge to the game, really. And uh, for a team like Dunsany, who were true, you might have thought that they'd approach this like a dead rubber. They got embroiled into a proper battle with Minolte. But full credit to Minolte. They pulled out a result where not too many people, ourselves included, didn't think they would. Um, and they were full value for their win. And they go through to the preliminary, preliminary quarter final against St. Bridget's next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, the ramifications from that group mean that uh, Slane have been relegated. Am I right, Davey Erskine? Yeah. Um, They're going to be in junior two of next year. But the loser of St. Bridget's and Minolte will be relegated as well, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Davey? Exactly. With the winner going forward to play St. Vincent's in the quarterfinal proper the following week. Yeah, Yeah. lovely, lovely little prize there for the winner of that game having to take on uh, St. Vincent's, who haven't lost a game all year. Um, but look, you'd rather be in that game than, uh, than not, because obviously, as we said, the loser will be relegated to Junior 2 or Junior B for next year. Um, yeah, a, a fascinating finish to, to the group stage of the Junior Championship. Um, David, we'll move on now to the intermediate preliminary quarterfinals that were played in the weekend. Clonagale won 11, Waterstown won 13, a really exciting game there. And then another exciting game, Dundry, one goal and nine, getting the better of Beliver, who only scored one six on the day. And uh, yeah, um, we did think that both of these games were going to be really, really tight, Dave. Yeah, and that's exactly what they were, Mickey. I think that it just probably further enhances the credentials of the Intermediate Championship for what we thought it was before the weekend. Extremely competitive, lots of equally matched teams and all-round great games to watch. I mean, the game on Saturday played in... Uh, glorious sunshine in Park Talton between Clannagale and Waterstown was a fantastic spectacle as well. Waterstown played ever so well in the first half. They had a little bit of a breeze at their back. They led by 10 points to five, cut into half time and looked comfortable. And all of a sudden, Clannagale hit a goal and a point in injury time in the first half to make it a one-point game at the week, at the break. Waterstown had great scores from Sam McKay, Brian O'Connell, Aaron McLaughlin, uh, David Donald hit a brace of points as well. But Clannagale rallied and, you know, that goal from Luke Swain entering halftime gave them uh, more than a glimmer of hope going into the second half. But full credit to Martin O'Connell's men. Without the services of Robbie Cunningham and his son, Brian, or sorry, Barry O'Connell, who uh, his red card appeal didn't uh, get overturned, he was missing the game. So they weren't at full strength by any matter of means. But they started the second half really well and Sam McCabe hit a fantastic goal at the start of the second half. Soccer style, Mickey, about 20 yards out, instinctive first-time effort into the top corner of the net. It was a tremendous finish and that really set Waterstown on their way. Clannagale did rally. Jeremy O'Donoghue hit a couple of points. 
Uh, Thomas Doyle came on and Killian Swain had a free, but they couldn't just reel Waterstown in. They made it a three-point game, um, but Waterstown were, were good value for it in the end, hung on by two points. But I think it would have been a bit of a travesty had they not um, seen the game out. And uh, then obviously on to Sunday, like as you, as you said already, Beliver um, and Dunry, quality game, played in really difficult conditions, much different to the game 24 hours previous. But it didn't take away from the, the drama and the spectacle that it was. You know, it was much more low scoring and attritional and stuff, but it was hard hitting, um, hard fought and two really, really good sides who definitely would have had an eye in the Intermediate Championship going at it hammer and tong. It was Dundry who came through the trail by two points midway through the second half after Stephen Kelly came off the bench for Beliver, got a brilliant goal. Um, and then a defensive lapse where Eddie Kirby mishandled the shot. It was like a bar of soap basically in his hands and it just slipped through. And Luke Martin, the instinctive, the predatorial full forward for Tundry was on hand to just bundle the ball over the line. And that was the decisive score. Beliver tried in vain to get a goal late on, but Dundry through Paddy Kennelly, who came on and hit two fantastic points, one from his left foot, the other from his right foot, set them on their way to a fairy tale and mouthwater and quarterfinal against Trim in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it'll be a really, really tasty battle, that one. Um, really good local derby between Dundry and Trim. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Jamie, just on that, I was just looking, what I was doing there while you were talking, I was looking for um, my predictions. I predicted a Clan McGill win, and you predicted a Waterstone win, so you get a victory in that one. But you had predicted a Beliver win, and I went for a Dundery win. So we're one all um, when when it comes to uh, our predictions from those games on last week. I can't find, would you believe, we can't find our predictions from the cup games, but I think I remember a few of them. So we'll, we'll come to the cup games now in a minute. We'll stick with championship. Um, one game played in the relegation playoffs uh, from the senior championship, Davy Rusman. It was the quarterfinals of the, um, the relegation playoffs, or as I like to term it. I, I said it on the commentary earlier on. I'm not going to call it the relegation playoffs anymore. It is the 2022 intermediate qualifiers. And I'm at least... Um, are into the semi-final of it, let's just say, and Minalvi have stayed senior uh, for the year when they finished on 1.15 to O'Matley's 1.7. Very close game um, early on, Davey, um, but Minalvi pulling away in the second half. Yeah, they probably had that little bit extra quality. There was only a point in it at halftime, Mickey, and we were just chatting off air about Killian O'Sullivan, and ultimately he was the difference. I know Alan Ford picked him up and did a reasonable job on him up until a certain point when Killian O'Sullivan's probably his supreme level of fitness maybe came to the fore. Alan Ford is a former county man himself, but Killian O'Sullivan is a man in in the in the prime really of his of his footballing career, and he's been playing extremely. Unbelievable stuff, really, in the club championship to date. Um, there was no Stephen Bray for Navin O'Mahony's as well, Mickey. He was injured, so like he was a massive loss going into the game. And 
he is 39 years of age after all, but he is still one of their mainstays. And when he's not around, Navalomahanis do struggle. And, you know, they're in the semi-final now. Effectively, they have two more bites at the cherry to, to try and preserve their status. It, it It is unthinkable in the sense that, you you know, you think about Navalomahanis as a potential intermediate club. But when you look at the decline over the last three or four years, it it's not that big of a surprise, to be honest with you, because they haven't been anywhere near contending for championships or fesh cups or leagues or anything like that for a long time now. And unfortunately they are a little bit of an agent side. I think Marky Brennan actually went off injured as well, which will be a concern, but they are reliant on those few older players and, and the younger players just probably need another little bit of time to, to try and bed themselves in. There's an argument maybe that you could say they could do that in a safer environment and in intermediate, but the thought of Navin O'Mahony's for the old traditional me GA people would be unthinkable you know and um, that's what's staring them in the face they have two more chances at it to get themselves safe and they're probably fortunate that that is the case sometimes you you know when years gone by you might have only had one crack at it this year you actually have three and um, one down two to go for them yeah yeah absolutely and uh, look uh, Minalvi they retain their, their status as a senior championship side for 2022 or Still have two more bites at the cherry. Um, Davey, moving on now to the cup competitions. And we didn't do a prediction on the O'Matneys on Ronaldo game. I don't think it's nice to do a prediction on, on the on the relegation games, but Davey might change my mind over the next few weeks. We didn't do um predictions on the Ultimate Slain, Minalvi and Dunga and Dunsany games either. So it's going to be on the preliminary quarterfinals and the cup games. Uh, Davey, so moving on, we'll go to the Taunton Cup final. Um, St. Vincent's won 13, Castletown won 7. 14-man uh, St. Vincent's getting the better of Castletown here and full value for Davey Weston. Oh, they were, absolutely, Mickey. Um, it was an astonishing game in many respects because Vincent's were, were down to 14 men from the 11th minute of the game when Mark Crawley was sent off for a strike in offence. And Castletown led by four at that stage. They hit an early goal through Robbie High. Um, an absolutely brilliant goal, to be fair. He soared into the clouds, won the ball over the fullback, Davy Tallon, and lashed it into the back of the net. And all was going really, really well for Castletown and Colin Coyle's men. But St. Vincent's are, and I said this in commentary, um, of all the teams I can think of in me GA who are adept at playing with 14 men, St. Vincent's are that side. Because for some reason, they have an ability to make it look like it's still level numerically. And they also have this incredible level of fitness, which serves them so well as the game goes on. Like I look at their championship meeting a couple of weeks ago and Castletown played a large part of that game with 40 men and only lost by two points. So it's flip-flopped and from being four points down before the water break, Vincent's were two or three points up going into half time. A miraculous turnaround in fortunes and the goal they got probably really set them on their way. It was a terrific goal, really well worked. Kieran Brannigan, the cornerback, came up, got heavily involved. He dished the ball off to Robert Tallon, Bob Tallon. He um, hammered past Johnny Ginnity, and that was the decisive score. And from that, Vincent's kind of did what Vincent's do, you know, and they grounded out. They kept Kevin Ross relatively quiet. Um, there was no Darren Finney, so that was obviously a big loss for Castletown. But it goes back to what we've been saying for a while, Mickey. Castletown rely heavily on a couple of individual players, whereas Vincent's have a far more rounded team unit that they can rely. And I looked down through the scores when I was doing the commentary. They had seven or eight scores to Castletown's three or four. They had twice as many. And the proof is in the pudding there, I think, when you look at it. Yeah, it's funny. Like um, St. Vincent's, who we probably would have said over the last couple of years, could do 
with a Pierre Fox or could do with uh, uh, Kevin Ross or a player like that to get them over the line. Um, yet, the, the funny thing about uh, St. Vincent's is if they do lose a player, if a player is injured or if a player gets sent off or anything like that, it doesn't seem to phase them because they have all these lads that are at a certain level that their team is rounded, as you said, and all of their players are at that level. Maybe they don't have that one outstanding player, but they have a a, a multitude of players that are all at the same level. Whereas with the likes of your Castle Towns or with the likes of your Dunsanis or whatever, your Trims, your Aaron Lynches and stuff like that, if you take those players out, they're a completely different side. You know that kind of way, um, yeah. So yeah, you kind of look at St Vincent's in that manner. Yeah, absolutely, and their defensive um, sh- strength as well is something that has to be taken into consideration yeah. because Vincent's know they never really have to hit two sixteen or two seventeen to win a game because they know that more often than not they're going to hold their opposition to one ten one eleven minimum or maximum, I should say. So they know that by doing that, that 112, 113, 114, what was it this called? 113. They know that nine out of nine, 90% Absolutely. of the time, that's going to do them. That's going to be well, enough to win them you, the game. You very rarely see St. Vincent's conceding more than uh, yeah. 16 points. I, I, I can't and and rarely, if ever, scoring more than something like 113. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. and that and that's exactly what their game plan is built upon. Look, at it's a fantastic. They're on a thirteen or fourteen match unbeaten run, Mickey. Yeah. Um, new management, you know how it is. It's not easy going into a club that have been really, really successful under the previous regime. And Hugh Durrigan and his management team have gone in there and they've really just carried on. And to me, they actually look a little bit stronger than they did this time last year. And they're going to take stopping and they're going to take a hell of a team to, to beat them at some stage. Um, Kilbride are the next ones waiting in the wing. Or not Kilbride, I keep saying Kilbride. Um, it's going to be Bridges or Minolte, as we know, waiting in the wings for them in a couple of weeks' time. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and from that game, again, Davey mentioned uh, Hugh Durrigan, but uh, we have interviews with Hugh Durrigan, Jack Byrne, uh, Ryan Hand and Jerry Chute after that game. So again, it's on our Loyal Loyals podcast over on Patreon forward slash we are me. Davey, moving on now to the Cornelbonia final. St. Pat's 213 trim, 20 points, a one-point victory for Trim. Um, just, you know, St. Pat's really gave them their fill of it and, and were unlucky not to come away with a draw. It was, you know, um, I think in the final moments did uh, Niall Mooney have a free kick that was blocked off the line and came back and the rebound over the bar. And had he got the goal, it would have been a one-point win. Uh, absolutely. I, I think Pats, first and foremost, deserve immense credit, Mickey. Um, they've had a nightmare championship, you know, only one point from a possible six. A draw against Bechtel in the first round, beaten by Nobber, beaten by Blackall Gales. Um, but they went back to the type and they went back to what got them to the Cornabonia final in the first place. And that was being really, really solid, hard to beat and and grinding, you know, and that's exactly what they did against the bloody good trim side. Um, there were five points down going into the first water break, playing with the small, with the strong breeze. It looked ominous, seven points to do, but they came out after the water break and absolutely blitzed trim. Hit 1-4 without reply. Um, a tremendous sequence of events. Neil O'Flaherty got a brilliant goal. Um, Donald Landy was outstanding as well. And... Uh, they, they, they carried on. Trim got back into the game. They went score for score early in the second half. Trim managed to get on top. Back in Pats. Got a goal themselves. A second goal um, through the substitute, Liam Brennan. And Trim just about did enough. But as you mentioned, that last gasp, 
chance for Niall Mooney at the dead, took the free, it rebounded back out to him, so he pulled on it instinctively, but the ball just flashed over the bar, and that was the last act of the game. It finished in a one-point win for Trim. But this was an absolute thrilling encounter between one team who are contending for the Intermediate Championship and the other one who are fighting for their lives to stay in it. Pats know they have to win their next two games or else they're going to be a junior club. It'll be two relegations in three years. On the basis of what I've seen on Sunday, I think they'll be all right if they can replicate that performance. I think it'll take a bloody good side to beat them. But they can't go back to what they've been doing in recent weeks or, or they will be in trouble. But they've given themselves a chance now, I would say. Yeah, they, they face off against Moylan, the relegation. And... Um, and you know, no, Ballinlock, I think, Mickey. Oh, is it Ballinlock? Yeah, Ballinlock. Oh, and then, yes, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, it is indeed. I am, I'm just looking down at it here. I, I was going with the A versus B instead of one versus two or whatever. From the yes, it is uh, against St. Pat's against um, Ballinlock. Um, very interesting one, it is too. But what I was going to say was you could compare the Cornabonia to the Fresh Cup final, and that there was one team. Um, vying for 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 a trophy um, in championship, and the other team was going down into relegation battle, um, but we're still in a cup final. So, um, St. Pat's given it all they had against Trim, very very unlucky so far. Davy, um, just on the predictions, Clonmacgill, Waterstown. You went for Waterstown, I went for Clonmacgill. So you were one up. Then it was Dundry and Beliver. Um, I went for Dundry. You went Beliver. It was one all. Then it was St. Vincent's and um, uh, Castletown. I went for a Castletown win. You went for St. Vincent's. 2-1 to you. We both went for a trim win. We were both very lucky to come away without any egg in our face there. So it's 3-2 to you as we enter into the Fresh Cup final, Davy Rispin. Fresh Cup final, Simonston 3-8, Wolf Tones 8 points. I went for a Simonston win and you went for a Wolf Tones victory here, Davy. So it ended up 3 out of 5 for both of us. Um, in our predictions from from the games on the weekend, um, an interesting delight for Simonson Davy, first ever Fresh Cup um, trophy to be brought back to the club. You know, over the last number of weeks, I've heard loads of people talking about the Fresh Cup and 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 how it used to be such an amazing um, trophy to win in Mead. And what they used to do was they used to parade the winning team and captain around the town of Navan with a with a marching band. Um, um, the trophy held aloft and you know it used to be a real carnival and festival feel to the Fresh Cup um, obviously it doesn't have that anymore um, it used to be nearly as important as the, as the senior championship was um, and that was back in the day when every club in Mead used to participate in the Fresh Cup um, competition and it, really really um, prestigious back in the day probably doesn't have the same uh, feel to it anymore, but it is still something that you'd love to have in your club. And interestingly, Davy Westman, Colin O'Rourke completed the, completed the, tri- the Trinity, so he did, by winning the Fresh Cup this afternoon on Sunday in Navan. He has now won Senior Championship, Division 1 League, and a Fresh Cup as manager of Simonston Gale. So, you know, that's a nice little... And, and all of them at different times, you know, which is a different... different you know, like, he's had breaks... So he won Division 1 the first time he was there, then he had a break, then he came back and won the Senior Championship, then he was gone, then he comes back and he wins the Fresh Cup. So, um, interesting. Are you saying he just came back on the third time just to win the Fresh Cup? Is that exact? Well, it sounds like it, all right. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're making out. But, uh, no, look, at I, I actually, I'd have a lot of time for the Fresh Cup. I'd be a little bit more old school in that sense as well. I think those competitions are really important. And we probably look at 
we probably need to look at when we play the competitions because if you play them as a pre-season competition or a warm-up to the league or whatever, then it is going to lose its its um, its gloss. You know what I mean? If you play it, if you play it just before the championship, I think it has a little bit more sort of romance to it. I actually like the idea of playing it um, in the middle of the championship because everybody's still in it. Whereas you know, if somebody, let's say, try and think of there was actually no team that is finished now after the weekend, but let's say. Let's say let's say Simonson, right? And let's say they were safe, but they weren't in any relegation or promotion or whatever going into this game. Traditionally, they'd have to wait six or seven weeks to play the final. Yeah. So by playing it just after the group games have ended, I, I like that because teams are fresh, they're still fit, they're still doing a bit of training. Um, I just think it's important that it gets gets its sort of tradition back because, as you said, it's a great competition with an unbelievable history. And um, incredible to think Simonstown haven't won it before as well, you know. So that's another little bit of history ticked off um, today. But yeah, fair play. Yeah, yeah. Re- really interesting game as well. Um, it was one in the first half. Simonstown led 3-5, two points at half time. Davy Rusman, Hattrick from Sean Tobin um, as well. And, you know, he talks about his Hattrick in, in the interview I got with him. Um, funnily enough, I wasn't going to mention uh, that he had scored three goals. But he managed to work it into the to, into the interview but uh, yeah really good and then they just very very professional from Simonstown in the second half they just saw out the game thought Saren O'Finnegan was very good for um, uh, Wolf Tones and probably the only player that stood out on the afternoon was Saren O'Finnegan um, he ended up with four points to his name and uh, yeah it was a really good showing by Simonstown good to see a few players that have been injured and whatever getting back into the team Brian McGrath's back to full health Andy Carney came on, Mark McCabe come on, Rory O'Connor come on. I was hoping that we might see Nicky O'Brien or Michael Gavin or uh, one of those lads because they have been injured as well. But um, yeah, look, they, they they were very professional in the way they went about things. Aaron Tumchilla played at wing wing forward, corner forward, and Josh Carden went into the defence. And those two young fellas were absolutely brilliant on the day as well. So yeah, um, really good performance. I'm delighted that Simonson can... Uh, Boast having won all of the top competitions now. The JMB Sports Field Services 2021 First Cup final was won by Simon Sinner, scored 3 8 to 8 points. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. That is all of our results from. Um the men's championships and cup competitions from the weekend. I do believe, David Rusman, that you may have the results of the ladies' championship football games that were taking place on the weekend. I absolutely do. And with thanks to uh, Mr. Fergal Harney, uh, the Mead PRO, Mead Ladies PRO, yeah, for absolutely. providing us with uh, great results, tables, and a little bit of a description on all of the games. So we'll start in the senior championship, the Key Pack Senior Championship. Round two of Group A and uh, 
Dunshockland and Royal Gales made it two wins from two with a 5-9 to 2-6 victory over Boards Mill on Sunday. And there was a thoroughly entertaining game between Sanchestown and Simonstown. And I think it was a 67th minute Stacey Grimes free to ensure that Simonstown and Sanchestown could not be separated. 12 points apiece they finished in that one. So what that means is Dunshockland and Royal Gales um, topped the group with four points. Um, Sanchestown are second, I think, with three. Simonstown are third with a point, and Boards Mill are bottom with no scores. Um, so the next fixtures then is Dunshockland and Royal Gales versus Sanchestown and Boards Mill versus Simonstown. That's a big game between third and fourth um, yeah. in the third round, Mickey. Um, so moving on then to Group B of the Senior Championship, and there was two games also played in this one. St. Peter's Dunboyne kept up their winning formula 4-12 to 1-8 they beat Dunham Rashburn so a bit of a statement there from St. Peter's Dunboyne Emma Duggan I think got a first half hat-trick uh, yeah. in something like 20 minutes and Vicky Wall added a fourth goal uh, later in the piece too It was eight points apiece I think at one stage and uh, the next thing is Emma Duggan three banged in three goals and the game I think it was in, 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 in 10 minutes in the space of 10 minutes she banged in three goals and the game was over as a contest at that stage yeah, I love this little bit of a description from Fergal in it. He says, Dunboyne with two two from two have secured a semi-final spot with a way, an away win in Ashburn today, helped with a hat-trick from Emma Duggan and deservedly favourites for the title, although so are Dublin with a smiley face he has. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sorry, in the other game then, um, Oldcastle, um, 3-14 to St. Michael's, 3-8, so an entertaining North Mead derby there. But uh, after that, it leaves Dunboyne top and as Fergal says with a place in the semi-final already assured then Dunham Rashburn uh, are second Oldcastle uh, just second on score or sorry third on score difference and St Michael's prop up the group on uh, in fourth so then moving on to the Intermediate Championship Mickey and in group A of the Keyback Intermediate Championship Navin O'Mahony's defeated Summerhill today in a high scoring affair 5-11 to 5-4 it finished mm-hmm. um, between Navin O'Mahony's and uh, Summerhill so a seven point uh, win for Navin O'Mahony's all things told and did, uh, uh, did Navin O'Mahony's win the Junior Championship last year? They did, yeah. Yeah, but it was in the recent years and they really are going yeah, from strength yeah. to strength. I think Clannagale was last year, wasn't it? And O'Matney's were the year before. The year before, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they are, they're flying, yeah, and they have a few county players. They have the Leahy's, they have Sarah Powderly as well, so they have plenty yeah. of good players coming through. Um, D-Rangers also recorded a big win over Dunsany, 220 to five points. So what that means is Navin O'Mahony have secured a semi-final spot topping the group with that away win against Summerhill. Um, and then there's a, a straight shootout, I believe, between D-Rangers and Summerhill on the last day to decide who will go through with Navin O'Mahony. So that'll be interesting. The fixtures for that are Dunboyne versus Navin O'Mahony and D-Rangers versus Summerhill on the last uh, day, the group. And then Group B, St. Colm Kills defeated Retoat 514 to 210. And Clannagale and Afina played out a pulsating 4-7 to 4-7 draw. Oh. Um, so what that means is the two semi-final spots are still to be decided in this group. All four teams actually have a mathematical chance of still getting through to the semi-finals. As it stands, Nafina topped the group. Column Kills are in second, Rateau third, and Clannagale are fourth. The last round games are Clannagale versus Column Kills, which is second versus bottom. 
and Afina versus Ratoth, which is first versus third. So th- that'll be a group to watch on the final day. Um, and then finally into Junior A in Group A of the Keypack Junior Championship Round 2. Simpats recorded a big win against St. Dalton's 6-12 to 2-6. Uh, they defeated St. Dalton's this morning in Stamullen at 11 o'clock. And in the other game, there was also a massive win for Screen. 6-15 to 10 points, they beat Waterstown. Um, so it's... Pretty much assured that some yes, yeah, so sorry, some Pats and Screen have actually booked their places yeah. in the semi-finals, first and second respectively. They'll play each other to decide who tops the group. And the other game between St. Dalton's and uh, Waterstown is a big one too, because the loser will be in a relegation playoff. So um that's that's a big one in that game as well. So they are the two fixers for the final round, which take place on the 10th of September. So that's two weeks from now. And then 10th, in group, of, 10th of October. Oh, October, sorry. My my bad, yeah. Um and then in group B, last but not least. Manalvi on their return to Junior A recorded a big win. That was their first outing today. They won the Junior B last year. They absolutely hammered Myla. They made the long trek to Myla for an 11 o'clock throw-in on a Sunday morning, but it was worthwhile. They came away with a 2.17 to 1.4 win. Um, Dulik Bellustown had a buy in this one. So what that means is Manalvi and Dulik have already qualified for the semi-finals, but they play last round to decide who tops the group. Um so Delique travelled to Manalvi last round for the group. Myla have a bye. So essentially Manalvi and Delique Bellusen are both true, but the winner will top the group um, and get a perceived easier semi-final. So that is it from the ladies, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, they um, obviously have one round left and some places decided, a lot of places up for grabs in those final uh, group games. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that. They're all taking place on Sunday the 10th, I believe as well. Is that right, Davey? Sunday the 10th, Mickey, yeah. Yeah, Sunday the 10th of October. We'll be watching out for those. Um, okay, Davey, uh, again, just want to uh, remind our listeners that the Blackwater Inn Team of the Week, Player of the Week and Top Scorer of the Week will be announced later in the week um, on our Patreon uh, forward slash We Are Mead podcast. It is our Loyal Royals podcast. And, you know, we've... We've covered nearly every game that was on this week and, uh, you know, we've seen some big performances from around the grounds and, um, yeah, looking forward to that one again. Thanks to Patricia and George Plunkett over there in Kells um, in the Blackwater Inn for their sponsorship. They allow us to give these uh, prestigious accolades to the club players around Mead when they uh, when they deserve them, let's just say. And uh, without, without George and Patricia, obviously, that wouldn't be... Um, feasible. So we want to thank them for their continued sponsorship. Um, Davey, we're going to move on now to the lotto results from around the county. Uh, I don't know if you're already, so I'll just read out the two that I have. Um, we have the Centrestown one. Uh, the jackpot is still a massive 10,000. You can do it on Smart Lotto um, or you can go to any Centrestown social media page and you'll find the link in there. And uh, finally, we have the Simon's turn one. It, uh, the jackpot was 6,750. It wasn't one. The jackpot next week will be 6,800. You can play it online or you can go into the Roundo bar in Navin and Jelly will look after you in there with a pint and uh, uh, an envelope. That's what he's saying in the podcast. Or in, sorry, in the, in, in the message he sent me. The numbers drawn last week were 14, 19, 21 and 25. That was last Friday. And there was only one match three winner. That was Theresa Joyce. And she wins a lovely 150 euro to herself. Davey, 
Very good, Mickey. Uh, Dunchocklin and Royal Gales, a lot of results from the 20th to the 9th. The number strong were 1, 9, 10 and 18. They had no jackpot winner. They had four match three winners who pick up 50 quid each. Next draw is Monday the 27th of September at half eight live on Facebook. 13,000 euro of a jackpot reserve of 13,000 and a second reserve of 2,000 already built up. Um, Thank you all for your continued support. Play that on Club Force. Manalvi GFC, fresh from their survival in the Senior Championship this weekend, have a jackpot currently capped at 10,000 with the reserve increasing to 7,100 euro next week. On Monday night, online at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app, you can play it. Results from last week, 12, 13, 20 and 23 with the numbers. They had three 20 euro winners who were Janice, Glenn, Brian Gilson and Alcoa Williams. Uh, next one up is Ballon Lock. They had a €4,000 jackpot, which was not won. The letters drawn were D, W, X and Y. Next draw takes place on the 4th of October. The match three winners who will all share €100 are Casey Farrell, Maggie Devine, uh, Galligans, Noli Smith and Peggy Stewart. The next draw takes place in Ballon Lock. Um, Navinomatney's GFC. They had no winner of their €8,900 jackpot. The numbers drawn on the 21st of September were 2, 15, 16 and 29. They had no winner, no match three winner, but the lucky dip winners were Sarah Powderly, Mary Boland, Annie Rennox and Glenn Galvin. The next draw takes place on the 28th of September at 9pm, €9,050 of a jackpot. Gail Columkill, GFC, their jackpot currently capped at 12,000 at the minute um, and it rolls on to that next Thursday night. Numbers drawn last week were 2, 20, 24 and 29. Um, Peter and Jane Smith uh, shared the match three prize of €150 Euro between them. Uh, Dunboyne, GFC, they had no winner of their €12,000 jackpot. The, winner, the, sorry, the winning numbers were 18, 19, 20 and 32. Um, tickets are available in the Clubhouse Bar, Brady's, Mulvaney's, Slevin's, Dwyer's, um, Bingo, or from any other club member. The 50 euro winners were Paul Dermody, Millfarm, Bridgie Thompson from Beachdale, and Aoife King from Kilbreen Close. Um, and they just said thank you for your continued support. 12,000 euro again next week. And the final one on my agenda is Oldcastle GFC. Um, 12,000 euro next Wednesday. You can play that one on the Club Force app. Brilliant. That is a lot of roundup. And uh, David, just before we move on to our Instagram interactive, just to, again, um, so the preliminary quarterfinal, we'll go back to the championships, just to remind our uh, listeners. Preliminary quarterfinal of the junior championship, we'll see some bridges taken on Minaldi. That's next weekend. Um, and uh, then that is, the, the winner of that will take on St. Vincent's. Then we have three quarterfinal proper's, three quarterfinals proper in uh, the junior championship. It, it now looks like this. It's Boards Mill versus St. Dalton's. And we knew the others. Dunsany versus Cabride, Castledown versus Carna Ross. So Boards Mill and St. Dalton's. Davy, I suppose we, it'd be remiss of us not to just have a quick chat about St. Bridget's and Minalty next weekend in uh, the the preliminary quarterfinal of the junior championship. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a, it's a, it's a game with huge implications for both, Mickey, and... I don't think any of them will be too bothered about who and what to play in the quarterfinal. The main objective of this game is to avoid relegation. You know, yeah. it would be a bit of a disaster for either of those to come down. You know, Bridget's have been junior for a long time now. Minolti have come up in recent years from junior B and they promise great things, but they've probably yet to achieve any of those. They'll take great confidence from that win over Dunsany though. Um, 
Bridget's, I don't think, I think Bridget's are due a performance, I'll be honest with you. I think they've played in fits and spans. We've seen them playing really well for a half of football against Kilmaine and Mud, played for a little bit against Boards Mill, and then underperformed um, badly against Karen Ross the last day. So they'll feel that they're due a performance and they'll need one. This is the North Mead Derby. Um, two good sides on their day, plenty of fine individual players on show, and uh, two really experienced managers in the form of George Plunkett and Tony Carney as well on the sidelines. So um, I, I'd expect fireworks with this one. I think this will be a proper, proper Army derby, and it'll be a good, entertaining game, um, and huge implications for both. You know, and, and obviously with the loser going down, a winner to a quarter final. There's no um, no common ground, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... It will be a typical North North Mead derby. There is no doubt about that, and it could be a feisty affair as well. And Davy as well. Just other uh, ramifications from the games this weekend. Omahanis, who lost to Minalvi, will now face off against the loser of Screen and Coraha. They'll be playing uh, in the coming weeks in their relegation playoff. But uh, Navin O'Matney's will be facing off against Screen or Coraha, and, and that's another tasty uh, local derby. Screen and Coraha. All form will go out the window for that one. And Curaha have had a poor year, know themselves that if you have one big pad, one big performance out of their team, they will avoid relegation. So the carrot is huge for them. Again, we will be coming back to those games in the coming weeks. We'll be previewing all those games. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. TV Rispin, we are going to go to our Instagram interactive, you know, with the cup finals on this weekend. We had much interaction or Trim and Ballon or Bracky, you know, calm things down over there a little bit? Seem to have, Mickey, yeah. There's uh, there's actually a small enough proportion of uh, Instagram interactive uh, this week, but to be fair, it was late enough putting it up. But anyway, Peter Duffy kicks it off by saying, oh, baby. Yeah, um, he's obviously, he has to be on the bench club. Um, yeah, great win for Simonstown. And yeah, we're delighted. Local derby against Wolf Tones. And I have to say the speeches afterwards, uh, the speech afterwards by Sean Tobin was brilliant. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's such a great guy and, he did wish Wolf Tones the very, very best of luck in their in their upcoming championship because obviously we're out of it. And he did say they'd love to see uh, Keegan Cup going up Proudstown Hill and going in there to the Wolf Tones. So yeah, really, really good stuff. And yeah, oh baby is right. Yeah, we've got the Fesh Cup for the first time ever. Yeah, and uh, another cup. This one's going to trim. And Sean McDonough just says Hon trim with the red and white love hearts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like. Uh, Trim wouldn't have great memories of, of Park Tolchin over the last number of years and finals and whatever. And, and they ground out a result here against a very plucky um, St. Pat's side. Yeah, mm. really good. And, and they, they'll enjoy that win and they'll enjoy the celebrations from it as well. You know, they can get a night out of it and get back to the drawing board. They've got two weeks to their next game. 
Yeah, and they have a big hurling game next weekend as well, Mickey. Um, oh, yeah. which they're in grave danger about too. But anyway, Jack Walsh, true to form, says Rovers late, late, late winner versus St. Patrick's Athletic. Oh, not St. Pat's to Mullen. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a late, late victory for Trim over St. Pat's as well, so it was. This it was. I don't think it was quite as late as Rovers. Yeah, Rovers hit a 90-second minute winner against Pat's to go clear at the top, yeah. So, fair play to Walshy. He's, uh, he is true to form. Um, Owen Muldoon said, Old Castle Miners, Lazarus-like comeback. Uh, I think there was a couple of games like this in the Miners over the weekend. Um, did I see Ballon Lock came back? And Oldcastle came back to get victories. Um, yeah, great stuff. Um, we'll have to get on to Brian Kelly and uh, and get some uh, uh, info from him about the minor championships at the moment. Yeah, I think that was a win for Oldcastle against Kilmain and Wood during the week last week. Mickey um, went extra time and they came out the right side of it by a point in the end. But it gained the ebbed and flowed and they just love it to come back in Oldcastle, don't they? There's something about it. I don't know. It's And it's contagious now. It's working its way down through the ages and that as well. <laughs> Ominous for teams and they come up against them. Um, Sean Fitzgerald, who was uh, midfield for the trim footballers at the weekend, said up trim, down pints. Yeah, yeah. Nobody likes pints, down pints. And uh, yeah, up trim. We all like trim. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Tom O'Connor said Simonstown will be number one now. <laughs> <laughs> That's in reference. That's in reference to the um to the Rispens rankings. What is he slagging me for? Like <laughs> Tom, what do you have? We were on we were on a we, I was on your side, Tom. I agreed with you that Davy Rispin just, you know, has completely different um uh, uh well, well, I tell you what, Tom, they won't be number one of mine anyway. Oh. <laughs> Balderbracky might have something to say about that. Mickey. Okay, okay. Now, after St. Dalton's huge win over, over Slade, how, how, how far up the ladder can they climb, Davy Wilson? One or two if they're lucky. Um, <laughs> Evan Connor just said, hashtag Vincent's for Junior. You know, um, it's hard to argue with that. Um They've been absolutely incredible. They've beaten Castletown three times this year. Yeah. Um, could be know, four yet. And it could be four yet if they meet again. Like, you know, um, I did say, you know, before the before the, the Tottenham Cup final, I was like going, like, they, they, there's every chance that they could meet in the championship again. So, you know, would they want to win the Cup final against them and make a three from three if they were only going to beat them three times out of four? This year, but but it, yeah, it'd be the, it'd be gas, wouldn't it? It'd be the one that yeah. matters, you know, the one yeah. that matters most. Yeah. yeah, to me, looking at them, I, I yeah, I'm not sure Castletown are are just up to that yet, but we'll see. Um, next one comes in from Susan Farrell, and she said, "Top class coverage and commentary across the weekend, lads." Um, uh, who's she talking about? I know. Yeah, thanks, Susan. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Davy was brilliant. Davy covered an awful lot. This weekend, I got to what I could to, uh, I got to what I could get to this weekend. But hopefully, in the coming weeks, we'll be able to share that load a little bit more. Davy is absolutely fantastic on the commentaries. I have to say, he's sitting there in front of me, looking. He's going all red there as well. I can't, I can't notice him going red because he's got such a tan after coming back from Benidorm. But uh, uh, by the way, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that job. I listened to it on the plane on the way home last week. <laughs> That's looking good, yeah. <laughs> it, just it just wasn't up to championship standard this year, Davey. I love the way you got it. You got you started working early for next year, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's pros and cons to not being in the quarterfinal <laughs> of the championship, Ricky, you know? <laughs> no, I don't actually. <laughs> Fair. Relegation. Um, <laughs> Robert Perfield followed that up by saying the comms kept me out of the bad books at, at home. Got enough football in Friday and Saturday. Fair play, lads. Uh, good stuff, Robbie. Yeah. Um, no, again, Davey, you deserves huge credit. He, he's a little bit spare. He's a little less... Um, what would you say? Responsibilities. Responsibilities tonight. <laughs> he he was, uh, and to be fair, uh, Mickey, Rob was actually refereeing the game on Friday night that I was watching. And, and I said it after he refereed our game a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not just saying it because it's him. He is really, really good. And he is one of the big up and coming referees. And I think people might know his name in, in a refereeing capacity yet. But they will soon enough. I thought he, I thought he was brilliant on uh, on Friday night. He said himself, an easy enough game to referee. But it's only a good game for the referee when you walk away from it and you don't say anything about the referee. I feel anyway. You never never yeah. walk away and say the referee had a good game. It's always the referee's a bollocks or he should have done this or that. You know when he or nothing exactly. Yeah, or nothing. Yeah. But yeah, no credit where it's true. Um, Colin O'Brien said, "Anyone know where I can buy a '96 jersey?" Is uh, did he just send that in the last few minutes? The last half an hour, yeah. The last half an hour or three. It's what time on a Sunday? It's probably about eight or nine points in now at this stage. It's probably having an argument with somebody at home saying the '96 jersey, nice jersey ever. And uh, yeah, he's looking to see. Um, I don't know, Davey Rispin, Do you have the the retro jerseys on your? We do, Mickey, but the only one we have is the Giles sleeveless one from 1999. Um, Where do you get them? We get them on KC Sports. Uh, right. it, there's there's an unbelievable retro section on KC Sports for anybody who hasn't seen it. Unbelievable jerseys from other counties as well from 40, 50 years ago. It, it, it's actually, and they're reasonable enough, it's worth going on and having a look, but I think that's that, the only one that, that's a me one up there at the minute. Oh, is it? Okay, well, they might have it, but go on and, and maybe make an inquiry, Colin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one up is from Brendan Byrne, and he said the ref in the Dundry versus Beliver game absolutely woeful for both teams. Right, Davey, you were at this. Um... Yeah, there was there was a few decisions, um, but to be fair, he let an awful lot go, and it probably helped contribute to a good, entertaining game as well. You know, it added to the excitement of it. It was a difficult enough game to referee because it was quite busy. The weather was terrible and that as well. So, like, you have to make allowances when the weather is that poor as well, making you know yourself. Um, so, yeah, maybe. But, like, I, I wouldn't have said woeful, but, yeah, a couple of decisions here and there. Nothing nothing major, I would have said. No, it's, um, it evened itself up over the course of the game, similar to the Simons of North Dones game, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, I think, is it from Instagram, Mickey. Is that it from Instagram? Yeah, yeah. quite a weekend. Um, I suppose all the Simonson lads apart from Duffer are out celebrating. Um, <laughs> was he tugged he, out? Was he tugged out? Uh, was he tugged out? He wasn't. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. Didn't make uh, the 30. If his name's not down, he's not getting in. That was basically it in part culture today. So it was, but um, didn't make the 30. <laughs> in fact, they only had 29 named. So, like, that's... Maybe he pulled himself away from the 30 during the week, baby. That's what it was. Is that what Duffer did? I would say that could be a possibility as well, Mickey. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, look, um, yeah, an absolutely action-packed weekend of football. Again, don't forget to go over to the Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead 
and you will get all of the reaction, all of the interviews, and you will get full reviews of all the games from the weekend. Look, that's it from this episode of the We Are Meat podcast. Remember, we are meat. Why? It matters more.